0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, a TV voice of the Grizzlies and your host for the program. This is episode 44. And the first round is now complete in the NBA playoffs. And, of course, the Grizzlies have been eliminated. Today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings. The second round now in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. Now, to give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it is free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and then track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So, Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. So, of course, the Grizzlies have been eliminated from the playoffs, and so the Grizzlies head now into the offseason. So some changes with the program. Basically, going forward through the summer, we will uh, go to one episode per week of the Grizz Weekly Grind. And uh, with the draft and Summer League, maybe we'll add a second episode. But for right now, it's just one episode per week. Uh, So we hope that you'll stick with us during the course of the offseason. It will be a very short offseason, or at least a much shorter offseason than we are used to. We'll have the draft combine, We'll have the draft. We'll have Summer League which my sources tell me will be in Las Vegas August 7th to 17th. Now, the Grizzlies will be participating, but my source also telling me that not every NBA team will participate remains to be seen if the Sacramento and Utah Summer Leagues will be in operation this summer. Uh, Obviously, the main Summer League is in Las Vegas at Cox Pavilion and Thomas & Mack Center. There have been smaller Summer Leagues, Uh, involving maybe like four to six teams in Sacramento and also in Salt Lake City. Not sure if those will be in action this summer. Grizzlies have played uh, in Salt Lake and in Vegas uh, for a couple of years. So it remains to be seen. But uh, my best information at this point in time is that there will be a summer league in Las Vegas, and it will be in early August, about a month later than normal. But the NBA trying to get on a regular schedule – or I should say back to their normal schedule, which would have uh, the training camps opening end of September, early October, and uh, we'd be back in action probably starting the season about mid-October. At least that's the plan at this point, assuming that everything continues to progress as it has uh, throughout the NBA playoffs and, uh, and with the way COVID is being handled and vaccinations and and all that stuff. So, uh, so what do we got in today's show? Well, it's got to be a little different, obviously, because uh, the Grizzlies aren't playing anymore. So we can't really talk about that was the week that was anymore. But what we're going to do, we're going to kind of freeform uh, this particular podcast. Uh, the Grizzlies did hold at the end of last week their postseason media availability. Uh, Taylor Jenkins was available to the media, Zach Kleiman was available to the media, along with some select players. And so uh, we'll bring you some of that sound uh, in this show and in future shows, just talking about the offseason and where the Grizzlies plan on going next season. Uh, But we're going to talk about the whole question, which was raised uh, during the end-of-season media session. Are the Grizzlies going to try to accelerate the process of winning a championship? I'm not even sure what that means. But given that John Morant took a quantum leap forward in the playoffs, Jaron Jackson Jr., you're looking at him being healthy for an entire season. Uh, What do the Grizzlies do in the offseason to try to take this team from having to win two play-in games to get to the playoffs to being maybe one of the top six seeds and avoiding the play-in? And who knows, maybe one of the top four seeds where you get home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, which next year might actually mean something. If you look at the Dallas Clippers series, obviously, home court has met absolutely positively zero. And throughout this year, because many of the arenas were empty, home court advantage was was essentially non-existent. So we'll talk about that. We'll get Zach Kleiman's take uh, on what the Grizzlies want to do in the offseason. We'll also talk about Justice Winslow. What do the Grizzlies do about him? Because there is a team option on the table. Do the Grizzlies bring him back at that team option, or do they figure something else out? Because... Uh, Clearly, he did not perform as well as people had expected. To be fair to Justice, he was dealing with a hip injury that took a long, long time to to rehab and to, to diagnose and, and to get him ready back for play. And when he did play, he was certainly out of rhythm, did not shoot the ball particularly well. So what do the Grizzlies do about Justice Winslow? But we have some coaching changes. And uh, before I get into the Grizzly stuff, let's talk about some league news, particularly as far as coaching changes are concerned. Steve Clifford stepping away from the Orlando Magic. Uh, Steve Clifford, really good man, very good basketball coach. Uh, The issue, I think, with Steve Clifford might be the fact that this is a franchise that um, is going to go through a rebuild. All right. They they stripped it down to the studs uh, at the trade deadline, making a bunch of deals. Aaron Gordon going to Denver, Vucevic going to... Chicago Fournier going to Boston so uh, this is a a real rebuild in Central Florida and Steve Clifford has had some health issues in the past uh, some some stress and and some things that he has been dealing with and I think probably a good idea for Steve Clifford to uh, to step away. Uh, Do you at his age want to get involved in what potentially could be a long term rebuild especially when your health has not been the best. Um, so I, I, mean, I, I totally get it. I think it's good for both parties that Steve Clifford step away in Orlando. They're, they're getting a very fresh start with their roster. Cole Anthony is the star around whom they can build. And now do you get a, a young and hungry, uh, lead assistant coach somewhere in the NBA who might be able to, and be willing to take on the long process of rebuilding that Orlando magic franchise. So totally get it as far as Steve Clifford is concerned, and and him moving on from the Orlando Magic. The other coaching change, this making headlines because Terry Stotts, the second most successful coach in Trailblazer franchise history, uh, deciding uh, the report is by mutual agreement that uh, Terry Stotts and the Blazers would part ways. This is understandable in some sense. It is also a sad day. Terry Stotts is one of the most decent human beings you'd ever run into, and he had done very, very well for that Portland Trailblazers organization, getting into the playoffs on a regular basis. But the issue for Terry Stotts, essentially, despite the fact that Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum could not get out of the first round very often, Uh, one conference finals appearance, but other than that, really had been a struggle for the Portland Trailblazers, and. I understand why there, there was a need to move on. Uh, Jason Quick, who writes about the Portland Trailblazers for The Athletic, had been a guest on this show. We talked about it. And his feeling, you know, even with 15, 20 games left in the season, was that Terry Stotts probably would not be the head coach of the Portland Trailblazers going forward. And that was when they had their bad losing streak. And then, of course, the Grizzlies beat them twice in Portland. And then after that point, Portland turned it around and, and played very, very well to close out the season. But – losing to the Denver Nuggets uh, in the playoffs. Like I said, Terry Stotts, he's hes a wonderful guy. Uh, I don't think you could find many people, if anybody, in the NBA to say a bad word about Terry Stotts because he's, he's just a class individual. The question about Terry Stotts is what is his ability as a head coach? In talking with Jason Quick, one of the things that he pointed out to me that he felt very strongly about, and just to give you some context, I mean, Jason Quick has been covering the Portland Trailblazers for at 20 years at least if not longer I mean he goes back to the days when I was there and I, and I was there between 98 and 2003 so he's seen the history of the franchise he can take a look at all this with a very very long lens and, and his take was that Terry Stotts might not have been the best at making adjustments may not have been the best coach in terms of creativity This is a Portland Trailblazer team. When you look at the brilliance of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, you would think that they would get beyond the first round of the playoffs more often than not, but that simply was not the case. Part of it has been bad luck. Yusuf Nurkic has been injured. It's also a matter, and this is a very, very difficult position to be in when you have all-world talents like Lillard and McCollum, What about the pieces that you put around them? This is a Portland Trailblazers franchise that historically has been willing to spend. I don't know that that is as much of an issue, but you got to get the right players to put around Lillard and McCollum. The other piece of this too is that this is a Portland team, particularly the last couple years, they have been horrible defensively. When you look at their defensive rating, two years ago, they were 27th. This last year, they were 29th in defensive rating. The only reason that they were able to have a positive net rating. They were plus 1.8 points per 100 possessions. The reason that they were able to be that way was simply because Lillard and McCollum are amazing, and Carmelo Anthony was good off the bench. Their offensive ability, fantastic. Their defensive ability, really, really suspect. The other bit of this too statistically speaking is that Portland was last in assist percentage they had the lowest percentage of assisted baskets in the NBA this season I know a lot of that is Damian Lillard he is a ball dominant guard so then it becomes the priority for Neil O'Shea and the rest of the Portland Trailblazers organization to figure out okay who really fits best with Damian Lillard when you have somebody when you have a ball dominant guard who can score it as well as anybody in the NBA can shoot from anywhere on the floor what are the appropriate pieces to put around him? Apparently, the pieces that they've been putting around Damian Lillard have not been the right pieces. And it's been a team that has been only marginally interested in defense. I know you got to score to win, but you got to defend too. You're not going to find many teams that are that low in defensive rating being successful in the postseason. And clearly that has been the case for the Portland Trailblazers. Terry Stotts will most certainly land on his feet, whether he's a lead assistant somewhere or or maybe he goes somewhere. I, I don't know. Maybe he goes to Orlando. I don't know. Um, remains to be seen. Like I said, you hate to see it for Terry Stotts because he is such a good guy and because he was successful there in Portland. But in Portland, they have been desirous of a championship since they won their only one in 1977. Came within potentially a blown fourth quarter in Los Angeles in 2000. They would have faced the Indiana Pacers, would have been a heavy favorite in the 2000 NBA Finals, uh, but not able to get it done. Portland has been lusting for another NBA championship. Of course, they haven't been back to the finals since the early 90s. Of course, they lost the finals to Detroit and then to Chicago. And so now the Portland Trailblazers find themselves in the market for a new head coach. The early reports indicate that Damian Lillard will be very, very involved in the search, although the front office will have the final say on who will be the bench boss for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, The reports are that Damian Lillard is a big fan of Jason Kidd. Both of them are Oakland guys, and and that might be the reason ultimately why Lillard wants him there. They have a personal connection. They have a shared personal history as far as their background. So that might be the way that Portland chooses to go here. I understand that if you are a star player that you are and you are like Damian Lillard that you do have uh, you do carry a lot of weight in deciding who the next coach is going to be but I think there has to be more on the table than uh, you know Jason Kidd a hall of fame quality player and you know what about his what about his head coaching ability okay yeah so they're both Oakland guys well what, what does that mean in a playoff scenario when all your primary offensive options are being snuffed out, and it needs to, you need to make some adjustments. Is Jason Kidd that guy? I'm, I'm not here to pass judgment on Jason Kidd positively or negatively as his, his ability as a head coach, but it would be interesting to see that Damian Lillard says, "Well, he's an Oakland guy. I like him. We get along really well. Therefore, he should be our head coach." That seems to be a fairly thin resume for making such a crucial decision for a Portland team that, in, in some sense, is really at the crossroads. I mean, Damian Lillard is is in his prime, but he's certainly not getting any younger. And Carmelo Anthony, although putting up good numbers again this year, he's getting uh, even longer in the tooth, as we all are. So uh, this hire for Portland is absolutely critical. They have to get this hire right. If they aspire to win an NBA championship, this hire has to be absolutely, positively On point, And we will see how this develops in the Pacific Northwest. Going to get to some uh, postseason audio from Grizzlies general manager Zach Kleiman in a moment. Uh, Sunday afternoon, of course, Los Angeles Clippers knocked out the Dallas Mavericks in seven games. First time anybody in that series won a home game. And afterwards, Rick Carlisle, the Mavericks head coach, was asked, do you think you're the right guy to coach this team? Mavericks have not won a playoff series since they won the NBA championship Uh, against the Miami Heat look Jeff Van Gundy made a very good point during the course of the telecast on Sunday afternoon he said do you realize how hard it is to win in the NBA when you think of it this season alone Luka Doncic not going on to the second round. LeBron James, not going on to the second round. Jimmy Butler, not going on to the second round. Bradley Beal, not going on to the second round. Jason Tatum, not going on to the second round. DeMar DeRozan, Steph Curry. They didn't even make it to the playoffs. They were knocked out in the play-in round. It is insanely difficult to win in the NBA. And to look at Rick Carlisle, who is a Hall of Fame coach, winning as coach in franchise history, has led them to their only championship. And for somebody to say, do you really think you're the right guy to lead this team because they lose a seven-game series and lose a game seven on the road to a pretty good Clipper team, uh, th- that just strikes me as being odd. I give credit to Rick Carlisle, who said, you know what, if you really want the answer for that, why did not you go text Mark Cuban? And to Mark Cuban's credit, he said, look... Sometimes you can make a coaching change just for the sake of making a change, but the grass is not always greener on the other side. Good point by Mark Cuban. I think Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches. I think he's going to remain in Dallas. I think he can stay in Dallas on his own terms until he decides he doesn't want to coach anymore. As far as the Grizzlies are concerned, one of the questions that was posed to Zach Kleiman in his postseason media availability is, do you see there being an acceleration in the process of getting the Grizzlies higher up the NBA food chain, given the fact that John Morant had a breakout playoff series, Jaron Jackson Jr., you expect him to be healthy for all 82 games next year, so do you want to jumpstart the process? Do you? And you know what, I don't even know what that means anymore. Because to use Amin El Hassan's Patino game, Kevin Durant ain't walking through that door. James Harden ain't walking through that door. So, are you going to try to mortgage your entire future to try to get yourself a generational talent uh, at the risk of maybe messing up your chemistry? Uh, do you can you really skip steps and can you really accelerate this process or? do you just have to work the process? Well, Zach Kleiman was asked about it and here's his answer.
1: I think the terms in which that often gets discussed are, are really rigid, right? You know, it's, you gotta be, you know, at X point this year and Y point the next year, like we, we've been very intentional and, and I, you know, disciplined the whole time that like the, the goal here is to win a championship. You know, we, we want to bring the first championship, first NBA championship to Memphis. Like that is the goal. That's going to continue to be the goal. That's not going to change. Now, did did we want to make the playoffs this year? Of course. Did we want to make the playoffs last year? Of course. Do we want to make the playoffs? You know, getting that, you know, those steps, the experiences of that, playing in the play-in games, playing in the playoffs, losing in the playoffs, you know, you, you can't, you know, get to our ultimate goal. We can't win a championship without the growth, without the losing, without the grappling with those feelings of, 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 of loss and growth, you know, so absolutely, you know, we, we want to keep progressing. You know, I've said it before. It's not, you know it's not always a linear path. Like we we want to keep pushing forward. That's always going to be the goal, you know, to keep pushing forward. You know, we, we have a, a massive belief, you know, in this core group of guys. And I'm really excited. You know, I'm I'm very fortunate to be in, in this seat and have the opportunity to to build it out, you know, build this out, um, you know, with with the long term goal of, of winning a championship here in Memphis in, in mind. And that's that's still what's going to drive all the decision making. The progress that we've made, you know, for for this young group through the trying circumstances of the season. Uh, To be able to not just qualify for the play-in, but to win two, you know, Game 7 really, you know, style games. The the experience from that, overcoming that, um, having a a very, you know, hard-fought, you know, series with the Jazz from there. Um, I'm proud of this group. Uh, I I couldn't be more excited uh, to continue building here in Memphis. I'm very fortunate to be able to, and um, this is just the beginning. So I'm excited for what's to come.
0: One of the most heavily scrutinized decisions that the Grizzlies front office will have to make will be what to do with Justice Winslow. There is a team option on his contract. Do the Grizzlies pick up the option? Do they decline the option and renegotiate his deal? Or does he end up somewhere else? Truly, this front office believes in Justice Winslow. Did not produce to the level that anybody really expected. To be fair to Justice, he was coming off a very troublesome injury that occurred in the bubble, took a long time to rehab, a long time to get ready for play, and did he ever really get a rhythm? In the postseason media availability, Zach Kleiman addressed Justice Winslow and his situation.
1: Yeah, you know, listen, it, it, it's never easy and you can't sugarcoat it when someone's coming back from uh, an injury. Like, it, you know, it, it took Justice some time to get his feet wet in and out of the rotation. We, we had, you know... Uh, a lot of guys who were capable of playing rotation minutes. I think in a lot of other cases, Justice, you know, could have had a little bit more of a runway just to, just to find his rhythm. You know, I think that was the biggest thing more than anything. I think the way things landed where he was able to, to get, you know, get some run in that, uh, that second game at the, at the, against the Kings uh, near the end of the season and find his rhythm a little bit, I think we, we saw that. Uh, but I, I give Justice a lot of credit. The, the work, the focus, the day in and day out. Um, you know, just working on, on getting back and finding his rhythm, That that that's a long process sometimes. And I think, you know, we're, we're encouraged by what we've seen.
0: The crux of the Justice Winslow decision is essentially this. How does he fit in with this basketball team? Are you looking for him to be your backup point guard rather than Tyus Jones? What role are you looking for Justice Winslow to play? He's not going to be a scorer. He can be a distributor, can be a defender, three-point shooting wasn't very good last year. What, what role do you see him playing? And how does he fit with this basketball team? Fit and function are as important to a basketball team as is raw talent. And so the question has to be answered by the Grizzlies and by their front office. What do we really expect? What do we want from Justice Winslow? And can he fulfill what we want and need from him? That's a question that they're going to have to answer. As I look at it, as Brevin and I have looked at it and talked about it, I'm not really sure where he fits with this basketball team. Uh, he he does a lot of things pretty well, but exactly how does he fit in with the mix? How does he fit in if you still have Kyle Anderson on the roster? Is he a two? Is he a three? Is he your backup one? What do you want Justice Winslow to do? That, to me, is going to be the most important thing. Um, I mean, Zach Kleiman is right. You can't sugarcoat it. He didn't have a whole lot of time. Uh, And the performance probably wasn't what they were looking for. What are they looking for? And how does he fit in with his basketball team? Grizzlies gave him an opportunity, didn't produce to the level that Taylor Jenkins and I think the front office was happy with. And so toward the end of the season, he was not part of the rotation, although he did play big minutes in the second Sacramento game, uh, the home finale for the Grizzlies. Played well. But it did not do that on a night-in, night-out basis. He's going to have to do that. Uh, And again, this is up to the Grizzlies front office. What do they want him to do? Can he fulfill that role? It's a bit of a risk, uh, and it remains to be seen whether or not they pick up the option. That is going to be the most intriguing decision for the Grizzlies front office this season. We'll have a little bit more from Zach Kleiman here in a moment. But first, I want to tell you that the Grizz Weekly Grind is being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. They help young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. For more information on all their programs, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood, it's who we are in Hoop City. And we've talked about the uh, Summer League, which is coming up in grades, uh, for grades one through eighth. But they've also got some camps coming up here, including the Desmond Bain Shooting Camp. Desmond Bain Shooting Camp will be June 21st through the 24th at Collierville Parks and Recreation. And uh, you can register by getting a hold of Scott Robinson at area code 317 490 5948 or email. Hoop City Camps at yahoo.com. Uh, the camp includes a couple of Grizzlies, game tickets, 28 hours of expert instruction with drills, skill development, contests, and games. Get a Desmond Bain Camp t shirt, certificate of achievement at the end of the camp, and an award ceremony as well, and even more benefits to that. So uh, go to HoopCityBC.com or check in with Scott Robinson and uh, check out all their camp. Information and activity, including the Desmond Bain shooting camp. This was a very unusual season for the Memphis Grizzlies. It presented any number of challenges, and also it's going to be a very compressed off season for the Memphis Grizzlies. Here's Zach Kleiman.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it really, you know, it it, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle when there there's so many games going on. But like ha- having so many games jammed back to back this year, you know, we we got it. We we didn't complain. You know, but forty games in sixty-eight days. You know, whatever it was, the second half of the season with the made-up games. I mean, we we weren't able to practice. You know, in large part, the last two months of the season. And you know, it's one thing to not you know kind of get the 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 you know the reps in, but like from a development standpoint, like it's harder to improve. It's it's harder to clarify things. It's harder to to rest and get ready for the next game when you you can't actually practice at all. So you know, just feeling the ins and outs of that you know, around the team, like it, it, it was really challenging. Like they, and I, we're not the only team in that boat. There are a lot of teams, you know, that had condensed schedules this year. So get, getting through that and just getting back to the normal NBA cadence, you know, let's, let's have proper reps. But I, I would give a ton, ton, ton of credit to Taylor and the coaching staff. The amount of work that they were able to get in for our guys, notwithstanding not being able to practice is really impressive and speaks volumes about Taylor's organization, the, the, the ability of this, the, the care factor, you know, of the staff. You know, the, the back, you know, the guys who were not in the rotation, you know, they, they were building in play groups, those guys are getting runs around shoot around, you know, that, that's not something that's done everywhere. And, and it really kept our whole group engaged. Um, it kept everyone, you know, really kind of pulling in the same direction. So um, I'm proud of the extent to which our, our group really, you know, kind of maximized the circumstances this year, but the, the circumstances this year were, were not ideal in the slightest. Yeah, so it's it's a bit of a condensed off season. Um, We're going to be holding pre-draft workouts in Memphis. We've got the combine, uh, then more pre-draft workouts in Memphis. Uh, Draft is obviously end of July this year, and then uh, we we shift to to summer league and just to have an off season for our guys. You know, like last year with the restrictions, you know, our, our guys were incredibly. You know, from the coaching staff and the players, you know, everyone was here and we we maxed out everything that we we possibly could do under the rules, but but it was limited. Like you could only have so much growth. You know, for rookies like Dez and X um, and, and Killian and, and Sean to, to come in and, and you know, kind of hit the ground running the way that they did without any of that. You know, I would give all those guys a lot of credit, like r- rookies around the league this year. Like they they were really fighting an uphill battle so, so long without being able to do anything for for a lot of guys like that. Uh, so just to have an actual offseason, you know, we've, we've got our full offseason uh, plan and programming and um, for our guys to, to be in our gym, putting in the work day to day. There's a lot of skill development. There's. Um, you know, the, the reps that our guys are going to get in summer league um, dialogue that are, you know, our, I know our coaches are really excited about that, too. So it's just great to have an actual summer. It, albeit slightly condensed, but we, we can have a real offseason
0: this offseason. That audio from Zach Kleiman's postseason media availability a couple of days after the Grizzlies were eliminated by the Utah Jazz. Zach makes a very good point, and it's something that uh, kind of escaped our notice, really. For most of the season, when you think of the development of Desmond Bain and the development of Xavier Tillman and how well they were able to play and remembering that they did not have the advantage of being able to go to Las Vegas for Summer League or to go to Utah for Summer League, they were able to develop into valuable rotational players on an NBA playoff team. And they did that without the normal luxuries that are afforded to rookies coming into the NBA, namely some development camps, and also Summer League. Very, very impressive. So a tip of the cap to the Grizzlies' coaching staff, to their player development staff as well. Well, that's pretty much a wrap for Episode 44 of the Grizz Weekly Grind. It was being brought to you today by Garner Framing Company. Garner Framing Company asks, If there was one thing you could do, one bold action you could take, one inspired choice you could make, one investment guaranteed to transform Memphis, would you do it? Well, if that answer is yes, here's your chance. The Grizzlies Foundation is looking for Memphians to be the difference in a child's life by becoming a volunteer mentor. There are 800 youth in Memphis waiting for your decision today, so don't delay. Join the movement. Become a mentor at grizzliesfoundation.org. This message is brought to you through the generous support of Garner Framing Company. They've been serving Memphis for 70 years. They're a proud supporter of the Memphis Grizzlies Foundation. They're doing framing consultations by appointment. Call them at 901-685-7796. When we return for the next edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind, we will uh, bring you some more audio from the uh, postseason media availability and uh, talk a little bit about where the Grizzlies go from here with their roster. That does it for this edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. Our thanks to Giraffe Kings, Hoop City Basketball Club, and Garner Framing Company for their continued support of the podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, rate Review and recommend us to your friends. We'll be with you all summer long until we throw the ball up again for the Memphis Grizzlies in the fall. I'm Pete Pratica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.